Welcome, everybody, to the Brian Pigrosi Podcast. Really grateful to be with Mary Allison once again. Hello, Mary. Hi, Brian. Coming to us from, you're in Sedona, right? Sedona, Arizona? Yes, yes, Sedona, Arizona. Sedona, Arizona. And yeah, I'm just, um, I'm really happy to connect. Um, I just feel a great resonance with what you're sharing, and what you're bringing in. And I guess I was just somehow, I've been aware of your, I guess mostly videos, but I tuned oh, since our, cool. since the last podcast, I tuned more into your writing and I was sharing some of your writings in my telegram group and yeah, just you're a great writer, first of all, and then um, what you're sharing, which just totally resonate with, with what you're sharing. And so I was thinking, well, what are you sharing? What is it that I actually, what is it that I actually resonate with? And this is what I came up with, the empowerment codes. So what I feel like you're, you're pointing at is like, there's all these ways for people's energy to be siphoned, really, kind of like yeah. kind of misdirected or redirected by people through, um, yeah, through all kinds of different purposes and means that are not for their own benefit. And you're kind of like pointing that out and kind of... Sh- kind of reminding people to connect to the truth within themselves. And it's like empowerment is an interesting thing because empowerment is like, oh, I'm powerful, you know, which is good. But then it's like not a power that's egoic. It's not, it's, I think power is different than control, right? That's, that's an important distinction because you have all these um, people or institutions or corporations or governments entities that are trying to control us, um, which is not power, right? And I think that's one, that's one distinction you make that's, that's really, really great. And then, but the power isn't, it's like the power is a power that's connected to the source, you know, yeah. it's connected to the divine intelligence. And when we connect to that channel, then there's this power that surges through us that's beyond ego that's deeper than the surface level of the story of uh, that we're, we might be attached and identified with so that feels like just that I just so resonate with that that message and that reminder that that's possible to connect to and that yeah so I'm grateful for you and grateful for that message that you're sharing with people and you're sharing with the world yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, I for some reason my little headphone keeps popping out, so I might hold it for a minute. Like a yeah, you look like like a like a reporter. Like you look like really important. Yes, I'm here to yeah. tell you about the forecast today. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of disempowerment in the forecast for <laughs> That's the future. Right. Let disempowerment out there in the weather today. Yes, you have to be wary of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's um. So when I was thinking about empowerment before we logged in mm-hmm. here and. I was feeling like, like I actually have a book I'm writing right now about it. So I, I, there's certain things I can't say because I have to finish the book first. But um, what I was realizing is empowerment. It's a synthesis of parts. And when you see a fractured collective, which is what we have now, not only is our collective consciousness fractured into different parts, but each one of us is fractured into different parts. And because of that, we're less powerful than we could be. Because of that, we're severed from our magic. And these energies that try to siphon us from our magic and our potential and our power, they know that they can siphon our energy when we are discombobulated and distorted. And when we are essentially like a a smashed piece of glass on, on the ground where we have all these shreds of us that we don't know how to communicate with and connect to. And with real empowerment, It's me taking back the parts of me, the magical pieces of me and putting myself together and seeing myself in the divine tapestry that I was always meant to exist in. And I feel like um, sometimes as we, we go through collecting these parts of ourselves, we accrue the realization of responsibility. So to me, true empowerment is finally being bold enough to be responsible for the life that you're living. And I think that our culture has a supreme fear of responsibility because, I mean, just look at the media and the politics right now. Everything we can do to blame someone 
for the crisis that humanity is in is such a trend and it's a trend because we don't want to take responsibility for our own power. And I, when I was like in high school, I graduated and I said to my parents, I'm, I'm not going to college. I'm not living in this matrix. I I'm going to go study my psyche and study magic and study empowerment and what I can be. And I, I kept moving forward into that responsibility of life. And one thing I was grateful for was my parents were like, we, we cannot help you. Like we cannot pay your rent. We cannot support you um, other than wishing you luck. And so I left and I had to take on everything myself and it was great. Like, I'm so grateful for that responsibility because it's taught me that I have the power to fulfill it. And um, I just think right now people are scared of that responsibility. What do you feel? I agree, but I, I wonder like, what, what is that fear? What, why, why are we afraid to take responsibility? Yeah, I, isn't that funny, that, that fear? I think we're scared of it because one, we've been conditioned and programmed not to take responsibility. So there's a certain docile laziness that comes from not having to be in your own place of responsibility from saying, oh, this happened to me or that person said this about me and I, I have no power in this situation. When you don't take on responsibility, it, it seems as though you have no power. And when you don't have no power, um, there's no excuse for you to fail. And I think when it's time for you to take a quantum leap forward and say, you know what, I'm going to be vulnerable with my heart and with source and God and with my life. And I'm going to try to step into my power. The key word there is vulnerability. It scares the hell out of most people because to be vulnerable with something is, is something most of us would rather not do. Um, and this, I theorize, is because we live in a, a bit of a matrix, a bit of a societally programmed place that has wounded us severely through vulnerability. So if I'm going to take responsibility and step into my power, I have to be vulnerable not only with source and God, because this is divine power. This isn't egoic power where I have to be vulnerable with a businessman who wants me to do some weird stuff. This is divine power when I step into that I have to be vulnerable with myself as well. Source, God, and self. That triangle of um, vulnerability is, is really freaky. Um, because think about it this way. Like when we were children and we were in school, most of us felt like we were imprisoned, you know? And from that moment forward, many of us felt like our souls were crushed by a system that wasn't there to help us develop our souls, but to develop a mindset that was actually defensive towards the soul. And so if our entire um, scope of vulnerability has been tarnished by woundedness, then the minute we step back into that space of vulnerability with our own power and responsibility, we relive old wounds from that programming. So for me, like I, I can flash back to so many traumas, not just from my family and from the abuse I went through, but traumas with, um, <laughs> I look so funny holding my head, traumas with uh, our teachers, traumas with the the neighbors next door traumas with the television like some of the stuff we watched as children was actually traumatizing to our nervous system but we didn't know that at the time and many still don't know that so i think the key word here is vulnerability and vulnerability in the dictionary the definition is um to open yourself up uh for attack so it doesn't even have a positive definition along it and it, that's for a reason because humans are terrified of vulnerability because that's where our original wounds took place and in order to achieve our empowerment we have to go through that void of vulnerability be vulnerable with ourselves and sometimes that means just crying and grieving about all the wounds we witnessed when we were vulnerable and realizing we can be vulnerable now without having to go through a leveling of attack and programming that we went through when we were children. So that's my theory. I'd love to hear your, your take and stuff on it as I hold my ear. <laughs> vulnerability. Yeah. Like what exactly is vulnerability? So the, the definition in the dictionary is to be open to be attacked, but how would you, what, it, what would you say is true vulnerability? Like how would you define, how would you define the truth of what vulnerability is? I think there's a couple definitions. So on a metaphysical level, to me, vulnerability is an opening of the chakra system. It's actually opening up your energy field to allow something in. 
And you could open up your energy field and allow something horrible in, or you could open it up and be in a protective space and allow your own potential and source energy. in. so you want to make sure you're in a safe position. Like if you're in a relationship right now and you're being abused, I wouldn't encourage you to be vulnerable and open up your field. I'd say we need to get you out of there and safe. Um, so that on a metaphysical level is vulnerability on a more romantic or emotional level. Vulnerability is being willing to feel um, your own emotionality. And again, that is associated with opening up your energy field. Because if you don't open up and connect to your energy field, you can't really connect to who you are. And that's why we have an entire culture that's addicted to sterilization, sterilization of the mind and of the soul. We have people who are addicted to porn. I'm not putting shame out there around that. I'm just saying it's a phenomenon. We have people addicted to TV, people addicted to junk food. Uh, I'm addicted to chocolate. I have my addictions as well. People addicted to love, codependency, and that keeps them from being vulnerable, from feeling their own soul, from feeling who they really are. Because to feel, remember, when we feel the layers of our soul, we have to move through the layers of trauma as we feel. And as we move through those layers, it's like, in order for me to get to the power within my soul, I have to go through all the trauma and respect it. It's an initiation. Like, in order for me to be awarded the power of my soul, I have to go through all the traumatic moments I experience and honor them. It doesn't mean that I have to sit with them for years with a therapist. I mean, that could help sometimes, but I do have to be aware of them to some degree because they're existing in the field of my soul. And to me, vulnerability is reconnecting with that field of, of soul. But I feel like that's an esoteric answer, but that's kind of how I'm viewing it. No, but I think you just you just hit on something. It might be my mind hit on something really big there, which is so I was like, well, why are people afraid to be to take that responsibility? And it's like, because of the, there's a vulnerability, why are they afraid of the vulnerability? And I think that's it's pretty clear, actually, that the reason they're afraid of the vulnerability is because, and this is from, I know I work with people, you work with people, it's like, they don't want to relive those traumas. Yeah. They, they, they don't want to feel those traumas ever again. So it's like, well, let's not be vulnerable because if we're vulnerable, we're opening ourselves up to those traumas. But I think if that's beautiful, if you can, if you can have the larger context of like, Hey, yeah, you, you will need to face some of the things that you've been avoiding, mm -hmm. but it's a temporary part of the, the hero's journey, so to speak, yeah. to reconnect with this, um, with God's source, this divine intelligence. Yeah. I like that a lot. Cause if you think about every hero's journey story, it's never complete without the hero coming to terms with themselves on some degree, you know, like um, I really like James Bond, the movies, and there's always a moment in the movies where James has to like come to some sort of realization about himself or realign something within himself. And that, that may be a vain example, James Bond, because there's probably better examples to use, but um, I completely agree. I think that's a, a fantastic point. I was like the example of Batman, actually. So cool. Batman was, um, what's his normal name? Um, oh. <laughs> I forget his name. Um, I, I Bruce keep wanting Wayne. to say Luke Skywalker. Oh, okay, Bruce Wayne. okay. <laughs> yeah, he was Bruce Wayne and he was a boy. And he had this uh, tremendous fear of bats because he fell into a well and he was like kind of like attacked by bats. Really? A whole bunch of bats. Yeah, it's in the fur. It's in the. I guess there's been a lot of different Batman movies, but right. it was in. There's a Batman movie that goes through his kind of childhood, um, and and then he goes to like this this kind of like a Shaolin temple type thing. It's like somehow we're in Asia, and he's on a mountain, and he's all these masters are like training him and stuff. And it's almost like a psychedelic journey he goes in and he, he has to go back to that moment and face his fear of the bats. And so he cool. goes into the whole thing and he, and, he, and he goes in that moment and he doesn't, he doesn't run, he faces the fear and then something kind of, almost kind of, you know, kind of, kind of some kind of internal explosions are happening, you know, kind of all these interesting things are happening inside him. And then he, he accesses his inner superhero. And the very thing that he feared became then because he faced it, became his power, became his superpower. And then he becomes the Batman. Mm, I, I love that. That's oh great, God. right? That's amazing. That's, 
that's exactly it. I feel like that's the perfect example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Cause like in my, in my life, my biggest uh, superpower I feel is my intuition yeah. and I use it for everything I do. And I feel like it's made my life fantastic. And I am in love with my intuition. And there were so many years in my early twenties where I would break down hysterical because I, I thought I was crazy for feeling so vividly for seeing visions. And, and then I realized everyone can do this stuff. You know, it's like, we all have this capacity to see and feel at a deep degree and animals have that as well. It's called instinct. And it took me a long time to realize that my deepest vulnerability was fearing that I was mentally insane. Cause um, I think in this culture, they use that as a threat. Sometimes it's like, oh, if you talk about, you know, life after death, you might be a little crazy. And it's like, no, not really, actually, you know, science hasn't been able to prove that consciousness just resides in the body. So that's not a crazy idea at all. And also science is funded by people who don't really believe in science, but within a dogmatic structure. So for me, I had to lean into that feeling of being crazy. And then I realized like, to some degree in this societal world, I, I'm probably viewed as crazy because I really, really take my intuition so seriously. And leaning into that made me finally accept it and not worry about it. And now it's my greatest badge of honor that I adore and carry with me. So what's, do you have a, a like shadow that kind of rose you into your power? Yeah, I think there's a lot of them. Um, one that comes for me is that I was uh, really sick, sickly, when I was uh, in my 20s. So I had chronic fatigue syndrome and I was sick for years. I just got really weak and would get tired really easy and have all these kinds of headaches and um, rashes and all sorts of different issues. I really wasn't like, you know, I was like bedridden a lot of the time. And, and so that catalyzed my spiritual journey to explore um what's the cause of suffering because i was suffering a lot you know wow, so that yeah. that catalyzed the spiritual journey to what is the cause of suffering and who am i really and why are we here and i started that's when i first learned about like the mind-body connection i didn't know anything about it before that um so that all started it just started the whole journey the whole journey opened up from that that point um but then on a kind of a practical level um i got interested in like health and wellness in a way I wouldn't have, was never really interested before that. And, you know, I feel like that weakness became a strength where um, now I feel like I'm, 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 I'm healthier and stronger than most people, you know, my age in the Western culture, um, because I made it like a, like a focal point where it was a weakness before. So I think you see that in a lot of people where it's like, the thing that they're most excelling at is the thing that was like, I'm just thinking of a guy that was, um, he's like a martial artist now. And he was like bullied a lot as a child and, you know, beaten up yeah. and stuff. So like, you know, there's, there's a lot of that kind of a thing where it's like, God's actually giving you a gift if you just kind of like step into it. Um, but I wanted to ask you about the intuition part because this is actually one of the things I want, I want to talk to you about. Okay. Um, yeah, and I think you're right. Like when you have that intuitive sense, it's like you're having a direct communication with truth, you know, with God, with source. And I think the the people who want to control humans, humanity, don't <laughs> like that because then they want you to listen to them, what they what they want to tell you to do. And so it's like, oh, she doesn't need she doesn't need us. We don't like that. So I can see how that that makes that that's queer, that's not scientific, or that's all of these things that come into being. But yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because, like, when I when I tune into your writings, um, like you use the word intuition, the word that can me is is channeling. Like it almost feels like you're you're getting and this. I, I have this as well, um, so I just know where I relate to you. Like if I get like really quiet and really still, like as you said, like the chakra system opens, I can sort of ask a question and then the answer comes through, but it's not an answer that I'm thinking of from on an egoic level. Right. It's just something that just kind of comes out of the stillness and then goes back into the stillness. 
And it feels like what would be called channeling, except I'm not channeling like, I'm not channeling like some alien from some, you know, I'm just channeling like some like essence of myself, really, like uh, the authentic essence of my own. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think it's really cool because it sort of navigates us back to just the beginning of our talk Mm -hmm. where empowerment is the collecting and the putting back together of fragmented pieces of your psyche. And as you put back together these pieces, you may start to channel a deeper part of you that knows much more than you ever fathomed you knew. And um, I I think what is really cool to look at is, I don't think we talked about this before, but stop me if we did, I don't wanna be like boring, but um, in the 1970s, the Stanford Research Institute did a bunch of tests and experimentation on something called remote viewing. And they found that their theory was that the subconscious mind that we all possess carries so much more knowledge and information than we could ever fathom. And they could use that for um, military operations to to find people to um, spy on the CIA. Even they were able to do at one time and they were using some of the best remote viewers. So remote viewing is like a term for organized intuition because a remote viewer sits down with a number and they tap into it and say what's coming through. Whereas you have the idea of like the primary psychic or intuitive, they, you walk into their office and they're like, oh, I'm seeing all these visions. Like a remote viewer is is very collected and it's almost like using intuitive ability in a a sort of business structured sense. And um, it's quite brilliant, I actually think. And so if anyone wants to look deeper into it, there's so much information on it, but um, some of it is being suppressed right now because uh, people who try to control this paradigm, who will never get away with it, um, really want us to ignore our intuition. And um, <laughs> they, they, the last thing they want is for us to feel again, because your feeling, your ability to feel is connected to your intuition. So what I tell people is like, I'm not connected to my intuition if I'm not aware of my own emotion I have to be aware of my inner world before I can connect to something else and so when I do that um, there's a lot of emotions that come up and behind that comes intuitions and these intuitions like they tell me more than I need to know and if everyone could feel their own intuition right now they would just walk away from the matrix they they, it would be over and that's how powerful intuition is it's like people would give no time, no attention to the TV anymore. They would focus on each other. They would focus on community. They would want to garden and go back to the earth and they would be deeply disturbed and in grief because they would realize how much this uh, matrix uh, sort of ecosystem has tried to sever them from their power. And it does that again by the fragmentation. So I guess there is a channeling element. I, I guess I stay away from the word just because I live in Sedona and everyone who right. channels here is channeling like an Arcturian. And right. I don't I don't vibe as that. Like someone told me I, I was a chicken alien one day and I was like, that's chicken great. Alien? Like, yeah, they said that like my higher self had like a beak and I was like, okay, that's cool. But like, I, I don't, um, I'm like, I don't feel like I can use that to help people in the matrix right now. So I'm not going to come out and be like, I'm a chicken just because it, it's like, what is that going to do? for us but um i do i do think i like the word channeling when we apply it to uh great geniuses like nikola tesla my feeling was that he was a channel and especially because they called him the poetic scientist because he was so poetic and artsy and visual and he almost he said he had clairvoyance without saying it like he would get visions of the machines he created and he would uh critique the visions in his mind before they came to fruition and that to me is like whoa that's that's some brilliant channeling right there. So I, I feel like maybe you and I resonate with that humanistic level more so than the alien level, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> well, the story level, I think that's the thing. Now, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I don't have any assessment of whether people are doing that or not doing that. I mean, I actually think people are doing that. Some, Probably, a lot, people, yeah. a lot of people aren't doing it, say they're doing it. So there's there's a mixed bag, but, yeah. but um. But there's a story around it, like you're, you know, you're a personality, and then you're taking on a different personality, oftentimes who's in the future or an entity that's in mm. the future, and then you're accessing more intelligence that you wouldn't access from your own. Yeah. 
it's kind of like remote viewing maybe in a way. Yeah, if you're remote viewing a version of yourself in the future that became another version of humanity, I I think you could apply it to that. I think like my reasoning with it is that I, I have this desire to appeal to people who are like on the couch eating a bag of Doritos and like binge watching Netflix. And I feel like if I called them up and was like, Hey, I'm an alien. Guess what? You know, I I don't think I would help them, but I do think it's funny because in Sedona, you walk around the grocery stores here and people are like, Oh, what kind of alien are you? Like, it's just very commonplace to talk about star family here. And um, so there's, there's so many people waking up to different possibilities. And I think that's really special because it's like, what better way to, you know, shift this weird system of structure than to say, Hey, yeah, we could, we could be aliens and we could be remote viewing ourselves. You know, it's like the sky is the limit. And what we've been taught is that there's limitation everywhere. And in order to break out of that matrix scope of limitation, we have to sometimes have fun with it and, you know, do whatever you need to tap into that unlimited potential, you know? Yeah. Well, this is what's interesting. It's like, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm a personality I'm channeling another personality but actually what I'm talking about, so it's like, there's my story, then there's this other story. You know? But what I'm talking about, there's actually no story. You know, so it's actually like pure unlimited possibility. It's like, it's, it's like just, um, gosh, there's so many words and the, all the words are just words, but kind of like right. vast, vast <laughs> emptiness, you know, and then something comes through. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's what I, and that's kind of, yeah, so I don't personally have an experience of like I'm channeling another entity, but I do right. get this experience sometimes of like there's intuition, there's truth that comes through when the mind is totally quiet. You know, mm, when the yeah. mind is totally quiet, there's this field of like infinite. It's like there's no borders or limits. It's it's like you don't exist. The the individual personality um, doesn't exist, or at least it doesn't doesn't. It's not aware of its existence. It's just channeling is channeling <laughs> that's beyond the ego but intuition it, it's it, that's a that's a fine word too you know it's just different words for like putting, putting it the same thing i feel like oh absolutely i completely get you yeah that makes sense so i thought you meant channeling from the story of like oh i'm a arcturian or something. the sedona way yeah the sedona way but <laughs> i get what you were saying is what i was saying as well where it's like um a pure channeling where there doesn't need to be um, a story about the persona because the persona yes. is a branch yes. of the ego. And while I do value yes. each person's persona and ego, the ego can be easily hijacked. And that's why you want the information to come through a pure place. Cause the ego, I mean, Oh my God, if I could tell you how many like hijacked egos say weird stuff, especially around Sedona, it's like a minefield of weird stories yeah. and, and things. And the ego is brilliant at making us deal with our wounding in a completely toxic way and turning it into some sort of glorified story and I don't know it's so funny so yeah I completely agree with you on that absolutely yeah and you talked about the emotion like being able to detect the emotion and one of the things I've been seeing even more more clearly lately that I would add to that is being able to connect to the body you know I feel like we're really disconnected from the body in our in our culture in our society and the body it's almost like we're just like heads just kind of heads like walking around you <laughs> yeah. know? but like all this intelligence from the neck down we we we, we don't yeah. we're, we've lost access to and like reconnecting because it's like the intelligence is throughout our whole, our whole body and then even around our body you know so it's like to just it's like we have all this glorification about the brain you know and thinking and it's such a limited limited such a limited aspect of intelligence and like we're, we're when we reconnect to the emotion and the feeling and the heart and the body and the feet and the hands and <laughs> stomach, you know, it's like we're, we're reconnecting to this, this intelligence that's around us, you know, all, all around us. Wow. I, I love that you said that. Cause I did this meditation last night where I just like held different parts of my body and I was honoring all of my body. Cause you're right. There's so much, verbial um focus upon the head where the head is non-stop talking to itself and um it's i think it's yeah i think it's an illness that our society has of being too caught up in the mind and i i feel like we may look back on these times and say wow look at how ignorant 
those humans were like they were so caught up in their own brain and hijacked by their own ego that they didn't know how to use other parts of their intelligence and your intuition which can sometimes come through the gut like a gut instinct that's an intricate part of your intelligence and we're ignoring those parts of us by i think by the academic models we're subjected to as children i hate to be so anti-school today but um, they teach us to focus only on the headspace and to only use our brain. And I, I do wonder, is that why there's so much mental illness in this culture? Because people's souls are crammed into their brain and it's like they don't get to feel and they don't get to intuit. And they, you know, what, what happened to singing and dancing and expressing through different modalities of the body when we throw all of that away and we put all of this pressure on the brain, the brain breaks down and then we have mental illness everywhere. So I'm so with you. Yeah. And I think to me, this is the biggest thing I see with the whole Corona stuff too, is like people are just in this thinking we're, we're so yes, um, thinking is like an illness or it's like a, it's our biggest, you know, how did you say it? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Think, thinking, thinking is like, is like where we're stuck in a, in a way that's, that we're getting focused on this, this narrow band that is limiting all this other intelligence. And it's really making us just to be honest, like stupid, you know, it's making us dumb. It's making us <laughs> yeah. not able to like access our wider intelligence. So that's bad enough. But then on top of that, there's this arrogance that comes with it. Like, oh, we're so smart because we're thinking all the time. We're the smartest ones. You guys aren't smart because you don't think all the time, you know? <laughs> and, and it's like, no, it's, it, it's, this goes into what I wanted to break to go into what intuition is more as well. But yeah, I think that what I see happening is people are thinking, thinking, thinking. And because they're, they think that thinking is the, the highest form of intelligence, they just keep thinking and then they're not present with what's in front of them. So they can't see the obvious thing that's right here because they're thinking and thinking and thinking where it's like someone who's just like not thinking as much or is connected to a deeper intelligence. is just like, oh, but yeah, look, don't you see? <laughs> look, look around, like it's obvious, you know? It's like, I, I remember saying things a lot of like, using the, using the phrase common sense a lot. Like I would say like, this is common sense, you know? Right. Then I'm like, well, if it's not common, then is it, common sense I maybe I should stop saying that but but the sense part right being able to just sense what's here and like just be present to what's here as opposed to thinking about what's here just notice what's here so that that gets to me to like intuition like to me a lot of what intuition is is just being able to um it's like direct perception it's like you know kind of yeah um yeah yeah, I have this theory that I'm kind of feeling as you're talking about that. I love how we can always like just bounce off of each other. Because <laughs> um, what I was feeling when you were saying that, and I totally catch your drift too. I feel there's a difference between thinking like actual contemplative thinking versus mental possession. And when I yeah. use the word possession, it sounds like I'm talking about a ghost or a spirit. And I'm actually not. I'm talking about an ideology possessing the brain to the point where the brain almost becomes catatonic or schizophrenic. And the brain only focuses on that one ideology again and again and again and again. So in um, politics right now and, and with mainstream, I shouldn't even call it mainstream news, but corporate media, we see this possession of the mind. And they do that by hijacking thoughts into a place of patterned insanity where the thoughts cannot stop but to regurgitate themselves again and again. And eventually the mental possession becomes a, a true virus. And so I think what you and I are looking for, we're like, hey, where are the, the critical thinkers? Where are the people who are actually philosophical, who actually want to contemplate life versus the people who are just regurgitating a narrative that their mind was possessed by? And then you have to ask, well, how can the mind be possessed by these um, crazy ideologies? Well, when there's unresolved trauma in the mind, the mind will grasp onto anything to feel a sense of connection. And so these ideologies, hey, um, for example, all white people are evil. That's been a common ideology spewed out uh, this last year. That ideology gives people a sense of truth to cling to and that truth it 
emboldens their rage, their unprocessed rage. And even I've seen like <laughs> a lot of Caucasian people turn on each other and say, oh, you're oh, yeah. a racist because you don't have any African-American friends, you know, turning on each other for no reason. I'm not talking about things with reason right now. I'm talking about insanity right now. And so when people don't have a way to process their emotions, the poor mind becomes so overwhelmed with emotional suppression that it eventually processes into a state of insanity where it's overthinking ideologies to a point of, of mental distortion and it's using them as a way to distract itself from its own internalized pain that it cannot process so I think that's what we're getting at with the mind and how it's been used against itself really wow there's a lot of different a lot of different things that came came, came in mind there but yeah I think guilt and shame yeah are like the, that's that's the that's one of the things I'm talking about is like guilt and shame I feel like is kind of being glorified right now um yeah. fear anxiety I'd say fear anxiety guilt shame those are kind of glorified as like it's very obviously very strange but it's like it's like if if you don't have those things then you're not like a smart thinker or you're not like educated person you know this this i thought what i say this is what they say so right. it's like you know if you're an educated you know you're 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 some kind of educated liberal urban cool uh hipster person then you know you you have this sense of guilt and shame and fear and anxiety and that's cool you're cool you know but if you don't have if you're kind of like relaxed and you just love yourself and so <laughs> about yourself you know then that's kind of like hey you're not with the, you're not really with the program literally like the program right. you know so yeah that's really interesting and that that kind of you get hooked in that way to the whole all the ways of control that that came into being from that the other thing that came into my mind about the critical thinking yeah i like that a lot like possessed thoughts so it's like kind of thinking the way i thought of it is like thinking consciously and intentionally instead of unconsciously um, or, or reactively from a reactive place but with the critical thinking I think it's kind of like it's kind of like the true sense of science it's like first you have to observe what's here you know and then you think about what you're actually observing but I think what I've seen happening is people aren't even able to observe what's here because they're so lost in thought that they're just basically it's like thoughts observing other thoughts, observing other thoughts, observing other thoughts, observing, you know what I mean? It's like they, they're completely losing touch with what's here. So then it's like, well, these people are crazy. That's, that's a sense of like the true crazy person, like the person that's, you know, the person that's walking down the street talking to someone that doesn't exist. Like they're not actually observing what's, what's here. What's so that's what I see happening. Like, for example, we've talked about like the mask thing before, you know, and it's like with the mask, it's, it's like, well, I'm not sick. Like, I, I can't get past that initial point. It's like, if, I, if I was sick or if I was like blowing out snot or something, then okay, I could see it would, it would the observation would make that could make sense to like protect me from projecting things on the people or something. It's like, but I'm not sick, you know? So like, but people aren't in the space of observation. They're just in the space of, they, they're, that, that, that initial, that initial, like, just what I, what I used to call common sense mm -hmm. isn't, isn't there. It's just like the thinking about thinking. And... Yeah, so coming back to being present feels like key. Just being present, like noticing, like, what's happening? Where am I? What am I feeling right now? What, what is, what is, what's happening emotionally? Where, what's happening in my body? What's happening in my heart? You know, what, what do I really want? What do I desire? What do I don't want? What do I want to be? Yeah. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? It's interesting that I like that you brought up the shame and guilt because that can be a hook into mental possession where we're possessed by ideologies that don't really serve humanity. And um, it's interesting because earlier in the conversation when we spoke about how if you want to come into empowerment, you have to come into responsibility, taking responsibility for your power and your path. And my theory is that there's so much shame in the collective because no one, no, I shouldn't say no one, that's really pessimistic, but many people are divorced from their own purpose. And when you have no reason for existing, when you feel like your life's just passing you by and you're just watching it, when that 
level of dissociation is so severe, you develop a sense of guilt because you've abandoned yourself. You've abandoned what you're here for. And there's something deep within us that all of us are here for that only you can find in your own introspective internal journey. So when we have that unconscious guilt surrounding us, because we're not following what it is we came here to do, they can use the silliest of stories to hook us into guilt because we're already so vulnerable to our own guilt and so unaware of it that they could come to me and be like, oh, you're, I had a lady actually tell me I was in a store and I, I wasn't wearing a mask just getting my celery and for my celery juice. And this lady came up to me and she's like, I hope you know you're a murderer. And I'm like, ah, yes, yeah. So that's just hooking into, if, if I had a lot of unconscious guilt about my existence, that would be a good hook for you. Um, I actually don't though. So you saying that makes me actually a bit concerned about where you're at in your life. And I, I hope you can find, um, a, a way to feel better because you know you if you have a lot of rage like that maybe you should take it all out on like the uh, multi-billion dollar sex industry that's trafficking children instead of me getting my salary but um to them they can't i think people who've been mentally distorted from emotional complexity they can't really um sorry there's a bug they can't really see it that way because the emotions are distorting everything. It's like seeing something through broken glass, you know, it's fragmented. And before I know it, I look like the bad guy to them when all I want is to make some yummy veggie juice with them and sing songs, you know? So yeah, I, I resonate with that and the, the guilt. It's so huge these days, but people are waking up to it that people like you and yeah, there's yeah. so many great people speaking up about it. I'm so happy to see it. Yeah, me too. It's an exciting time to, yeah. To be here. Very perilous and, uh, you know, scary on a certain level, but exciting. Yeah. I, think, I think there's a refinement too. This is, this is the part that's exciting to me is I feel like for me and other people I know too, there's just been this refinement of like, I would say, how do I, there's no words, like I'm connecting, like the more you're true to yourself and you live your truth and you speak your truth, you connect with people that are resonant. I mean, that's always the case, right? Um, but it's kind of like, as it, if it gets more challenging, then there's for a little while there, there's like less people who are able to remain true to themselves. And those people kind of find each other. And it's like this higher level of alignment. So yeah. like you and me, like, I was like, Oh yeah, you're, you know, you're seeing things and I'm seeing things and we kind of find each other. And there's like this, this really high vibration of, a, of alignment that comes into being that can only come through I guess through being challenged really I guess that's kind of like that's kind of the, the benefit of this life is you kind of move through these portals and then it, you, 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 you I think I'm thinking of like an evolutionary portal like you go into some higher level and then there's people that have made it there with you and then you connect yeah. and yeah and you're you're yeah. you're, 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 you're you have more co-creative um empowered potential together yeah, there is that feeling, isn't there, of this yeah. divine union with people, like this divine family energy with people who have really done their part to initiate into their power, because there's this yeah. level of respect we have for each other, you know, because it's like, okay, you did your due diligence, you researched, you looked outside of the box of this matrix of this reality, and because of that, I'm already synced up with you, you know, I already have this deep knowing uh, that you kind of jive with and synchronize with. And there's a lot of, there's like an apex of connection happening right now where people really are finding each other and realizing that they're not alone. And I think some of the censorship that's happening is just pushing people more to realize they're not alone because so many people are being provoked and prodded and, and taught. If you want to research and look outside of the matrix, you better do it now, love, because Things are getting crazy and you need to have a bit of an education on this, you know? <laughs> so what would you say your purpose is? Um, that's Allison. such a sweet question. Oh yeah. my gosh, it's so beautiful. Vulnerable. Uh, I feel like I feel like I have two purposes, if that makes sense. So my makes personal sense. purpose, I feel, was to come back and um, 
uh, realize that there's an innocence in humans and that that innocence is beautiful. And like, I, I think I've had this huge healing with humanity in this lifetime. Cause when, even when I was a kid, I thought humans were notoriously stupid and, yeah. uh, I was, I was quite rude in my mind to other humans. Mm. And yeah. I, I realized that was kind of a soul wound where I, I used to look down on humanity. And now I realize that the vulnerable complexity of being a human is, is something that is quite beautiful. And then on a more um, larger scale, I feel like, or maybe like egoic scale, actually, I feel like my purpose is to help people crack out of uh, this paradigm and realize that they literally never, ever have to take a limiting answer as the truth. Because I feel like in my youth, I was just fed so many limitations and um, I just reached this point of saying, absolutely not. I'm not going to believe in this. And my belief really reoriented myself into a new paradigm. And I want other people to know you can be free and you don't need a codependent relationship or a um, weird uh, schooling that you never asked for to step into that freedom. Like you have to follow your soul. So I feel like that sounds really cliche, but I do want to remind people that limitations are not actually as real as they may believe and and whatnot yeah i totally resonate with you on that as well like that's a big part of my my purpose as well you know what i was thinking i i I don't think i've i don't think i've um communicated this to you but um one of the things i really like about your your presence in social media and um, the way that you share with people is you're really funny and you're like fun and you like you bring that you bring that in which i think is so great because like i think there's this tendency for spiritual people to be so serious and like kind of heavy and and i'm always kind of like leery of those people that are like real serious spiritual people because it's like yeah yeah, ultimately it's like you know just the play of lila's is like you know god and all kinds of different clothing and outfits and I, I love that. I, I really appreciate that. I feel like I'm not showing the funny part of myself right now as we're talking because I'm, I don't I know. Mean, I'm in, I wasn't I trying to that, challenge you. Be funny. Oh, I know. <laughs> You're like, stand up time. Yeah, I know. I just really appreciate that because I, I decided yesterday or not yesterday it was the other day that I want to share more of like myself with the world. And I'm a human <laughs> who's learning a lot. Like I was driving around the other day and I flicked someone off. And that was not nice. Like I shouldn't have done that. And I (laughs) like, I I have issues. And, um, and the end of the day, I think it's funny. I don't think it's funny to flick people off, but I think it's funny that we're all just these like humans trying our best and and we all stumble, you know? And like, I, I feel like some of the, the spiritual teachers who, they, they get really serious. I feel like they're coming from their head too much. You know, they're like overanalyzing spirituality and yeah. yeah, And and they're just consumed with their own thoughts. And they're like, this Mm -hmm. is what, you know, and it's like, Oh my God, relax. You know, like, cause have a good time. Yeah. 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 You know, like this isn't, this actually, when you're, you come into that spiritual perception of reality, you realize this reality isn't really as real as you thought it was. And you're like, Oh my God, this is, hilarious i mean yeah i'd love to do more like comedy videos and just be funny sometimes like, me too maybe we can do like a comedy video together i love that are you coming to sedona sometimes yes oh my gosh okay we Man. should definitely do a comedy video i love that i did not many people know this but i did um i did a comedy <laughs> so funny this is coming up i did a comedy video in sedona when i was in I think it was just after college, just after I was in college. And it was, it was a satire of the whole, the whole new age scene in Sedona. Oh my gosh. So I played, so you I, did it before it became super goofy. Like you were doing it ahead of time. That's it was goofy then too. Oh, wow. Um, oh, great. Yeah. yeah. But I played a guy named uh, Baba Benway. And he was like a, he was like a new age guru in Sedona. And um, it wasn't very long. It was like nine, nine minutes or something, a 10 minute, 10 minute little short film. But it was, I remember it being, I don't remember that much about it actually, but I remember it was really funny. And oh like, he was like, he was like drinking beers and then he'd like <clears throat> have people come in and do these like, you know, spiritual teachings and stuff. 
Oh my gosh. If you ever, if you find it, you, you got to send it to me. I love that. Cause like just walking around Sedona, I just crack up. It's so funny sometimes. I think, I think that was the, that was the joke of it was like the, that the lack of authenticity of like this guy trying to play a role, you know? Yeah. So he's like, he's got, yeah. he's just like, like you say, he's like a regular guy drinking, you know, drinking beer and like probably flipping people off in the car. And then he like <laughs> plays, then he plays like this character and like, it's like theater, like plays a character, wears the outfit, you know, all these people are like, you know, everyone's getting what they want in the performance. And, but you know, there would be this other level of just kind of being authentic instead of like just being a performer. Oh my God. I, I love that. I almost wanted to take like a camera and go around Sedona one day and just film people. Cause I was like, y'all are just making the, the show for me. Like, I don't even have to make fun of you. Yeah. Cause it's so funny what you run into. It's just, Oh my God. And then, and then it's, it comes from such an innocent place too. It's like a, a lot of young adults who are just like, they think they found their way through the identity of spirituality and they, they don't even know what spirituality is. And yeah, they found a new um, identity. Yeah. They just found a new identity. And, and then they, they, there's like, <laughs> I don't know. There's just it's like, like wearing it's a different like, uniform. Yeah. Sedona, you know what? Sedona is like LA, but you just have the word spiritual in front of it. Cause I saw that like totally. the other day they were offering like spiritual strip classes, like how to strip spiritually. That's and hilarious. I'm like, I'm like, how do you, okay, that's, that's cool. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what y'all are doing, but more power to you for being bold, but, um, and weird, but yeah, it's so funny. Well, I think Sedona literally has a lot of people from California. Yeah, right now, actually, yeah, yeah, everyone like who was local to Sedona has been kind of kicked out because <laughs> mm -hmm. Californians have come in and there's no houses available. <laughs> I want to touch in on the purpose thing because I think it's interesting, like purpose is like, there's a purpose of like, this is, this is where I'm going, you know, this is my, this is what I you know, kind of yeah. a direct directive kind of a thing. And then there's this kind of like, I think for all of us, whoever we are, like part of our purpose is just being in the moment, just kind of moment by moment. And yeah. I think when we're, when we're like really connected to that intuition, you know, when you really get into that kind of flow state with the, with the intuition, it's just amazing. You know, it's just like, call this person, walk over there, buy this, you know, like go to the grocery store. You know, it's like, you're just listening. You don't know, there's no you don't know why you're supposed to do this thing, but then you always realize why later. Oh, that's why I was supposed to do this at that time. Like, so I, that, that's the thing I think is really amazing about like the intuition is that I think you have to first understand that there's this universal intelligence that permeates everything, you know? So it's like, everything's being orchestrated by, by God or whatever you want to call it, this divine intelligence, um, which we're all a part of. And then when we're present, we hear our part in the, in the music, you know, in the universe and the one song and the orchestration. So then we just know what to do, even if we don't understand it with our minds, you know, we just know what to do. And I think, you know, to live from that place and be able to hone into that and tune in that, which I think is everything we're talking about is getting access to that. Like that's when you, yeah, that's when you realize what it means to be alive. Like, Oh, this is like what it's all about. You know, this is, this is why I'm here. Yeah, I completely agree. There's this theory of energy field where like when you see a school of fish and they're all together and connected and they probably aren't even, they're not consciously in that moment, like, oh shit, Bob's over here. I need to swim over here. They're just doing it so quickly and synchronistically yeah, because that you, it's not of the thinking process. Yeah, I just wanted to add to you. I think this is important because if you're, there's no time to think about it. Like if you start thinking about it, you miss right. the moment. That's yes. that's the thing. I think that's what I was trying to get at earlier too. It's like these yeah. people are there because they're thinking, they're missing the cues of like what's here, what's here. They're, they're, you're getting more and more out of step with that with that intuitive voice within. Absolutely, and that's that's such a good point. Um, I actually work that way when I trade like stocks and crypto my rule is like, we don't think about this. Like I may have researched it another time, but when it comes to the day trading, it's like, no, I don't think I just go with what I'm urged to do. And it usually works out pretty well. And that, that thinking is, it's such a defense from detaching us from the heart. That thinking is a defense system sometimes that keeps us from honing into the other intelligent parts of the body that you spoke of, er spoke of earlier. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, I love the theory of morphic field by Rupert Sheldrake, where yeah. he feels that, you know, the school of fish is occurring because they're all intellectually morphically tapping into a field of energy. And through this tapping in, they just know where to go and what's happening next because they're moving as a collective rather than as individual in that moment. And with within the, the fish's mind, there's not much ego in that moment, I would assume, because it's like, I'm just part of something that needs to take a left right now. And that's what I'm doing. So um, I feel like what you said, you said that sometimes sitting and being in stillness is part of our purpose. I feel like that's so true. And I think that applies to this morphic field of the collective, because it's like if you're running around and you're like, I'll, I'll use this as an example. This is a good one. So I'm a vegan. I know that's annoying because all vegans say they're a vegan, but I say it to kind of harp on vegans because vegans have this, not all of them, not all of them, but some vegans have this rough sort of anarchist mentality that's like, oh, if you're eating meat, you're a murderer and shame on you. You're disgusting. And that type of energetic approach is extremely disturbing and not inspiring to people who may want to eat more salads, you know? And it's like, wow, people really self-perpetuate a sabotage cycle when they speak from um, collected it collective anxiety within the mind and when they come at you with a sort of forceful overthought assumption um, when we overthink we sort of overdo everything and we lose a sense of flow in life and um, that's why I'm such a huge fan of the Tao Te Ching uh, sure. it's like a, a beautiful book about flow and connection and how you can connect to that Tao and it's like if you don't you know focus on the beauty of flow you're not allowing yourself to co-create with life because the beauty of flow is the co-creation between my mind and life itself. And through that, I breed synchronicity and harmony. And if I'm not welcoming that into my world, then I'm trying to micromanage and control life. And then I start to attempt to micromanage and control others. And that's when I come off as a, a rude person, frankly. And that's when people don't actually want to hear what I have to say. Like that lady coming up to me in the grocery store saying that she is assuming I'm a murderer. She created no opening for connection between us. And therefore she just came off as ludicrous. So I think we have to pay attention to the, you know, power of flow. And the fact that if you're in a divine place of meditation and you're setting an energetic tone that will inevitably ripple out into the ethers of this world, this system we live in, it's going to do great to this world. And that's why like, you can never measure someone's purpose by their followers or, or numbers. You can't measure it from a quantitative point of view because spirit doesn't work from a quantitative point of view. Spirit is about quality and energetic impression. Um, so yeah, agree. <laughs> well said, well said. Well, we're, Mary, we're, we're at about an hour, I think, which we said we would, we would stick with like an hour. That was so fast. I, I definitely love talking to you. I, I will have to go in a minute because I have a washing machine I have to put together. <laughs> but um, uh, Brian, this has been so fun. It's so easy to talk to you. And like, maybe we could meet once every two months or something like on yeah. a regular. It's super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It always feels like we're just kind of like scratching the surface of like, what, there's so much more we can like dive into and get into together. So absolutely yeah. oh my god super grateful um any any anything you want to point people to where they can connect with you or what they should do with themselves or how they you know any good music or um, yeah. jokes or cool movies <laughs> or your website or how people can yeah. get in touch with you any of those things i would say like if you can find me on telegram right now because i'm trying to move over there yes yes the telegram um, so I'll just text you my telegram if that's okay, if we could put it like under the, yeah, video. I have, I'm on your telegram. So I, I know your telegram. So I'll share that. Link and I, I follow your telegram. I love it. And I would also say like, don't flick off someone when you're driving. Like I use that as something I shouldn't have done. So don't do that. But, but I think we've illustrated a lot here about how people have so much more freedom and empower than they think. And I hope people take that away from this. Like, 
you can do so much more with your own energy field than you've been told. And now is the time to get vulnerable with it and to open up to your potential. Because as certain parts of the world collapse in on themselves, you will be the budding flower that arises from that mess and that, you know, takes back the responsibility of its own empowerment and its own purpose. And through that, you're going to just change so many lives. So I'm just so happy to, to share the world and know people like you and so many others. So this has been such a, a blessing to be here today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here and blessing us and supporting people to supporting people's flowers to bloom. Amen. Yeah. yeah, amen. Yes, amen. Have an amazing night, Brian. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Thank you, Mary. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs>